Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Okay, so Samantha, do you want to start us off? Yeah. How are you coming in today? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like it's good for us to share these things because I was thinking about it in the shower where I always have my deepest thoughts. So intimate. Yeah, I would want people to know how we're growing and what we're being. Obviously, I'm not going to come on here and be so specific of like, here's how I've been sinning and how God is revealing this to me. But I think there is a level of like, we can be honest with you guys and share what's hard in our life or what we're kind of learning, good or bad, just because then I hope that builds a little bit of like trust with us or even just like getting to know our hearts more. Obviously, we're not perfect. We mess up. We have things that we're struggling with too. We have times of doubt, times of hardship. For me right now, and I'll share more, just like tiny sins that I really feel called to work on. And so... I say tiny sins, obviously, knowing like all sins are sin, but just more things that I'm like, no, God cares about the way that I'm disciplined or this or that. I feel like starting off just catch up, like our season of life right now, I always hesitate even saying things like this, just feels very simple right now, like just easy. I don't want to even say easy. Like obviously life is still hard with two little kids at times and marriage and all the things, but I just feel like we're kind of in a lower season of not a ton going on, which is nice. But I think in seasons like that, also helpful, I think God uses it to kind of like dig deeper into some things I've been like pushing aside or ignoring maybe in my own heart. And so it's been like a good season, but also kind of a refining season. Like, you know, when you feel like you're constantly just being like, wow, I'm so sinful. I'm so sinful. Like different things keep popping up. And I was sharing with our friends at If, it's not like it's one big thing, like I want to stop X, Y, Z, that I can just kind of like really be a tangible thing to work on. It's like a lot of these just deeper heart matters that I'm sorting through. That's kind of like where we are personally. I mean, truly like nothing big going on. My daughter, I registered her for kindergarten. That feels like big. It's crazy. I know. Honestly, crazy. It was really crazy. And we have a lot of fun like traveling going on in April. So prepping for that. I mean, I feel like you have shared that obviously a lot with me and you're almost in a season like knowing you're about to run really fast and like really fun things, but almost like getting really disciplined now in the season of getting prepared for that. Like, how do I run well when like our rhythms are going to look different? Like you guys have been in a really steady rhythm for a while. I function so well out of routine and rhythm. And the better I can keep that going at home, I feel like when I'm traveling, like it's so easy. I'm not saying that like every time I'm traveling, I like bring my Bible and I'm spending the same amount of time with God that I am at home because you're just out of your routine. Like you might be sleeping in, you might be just doing different things. And so the more I can be disciplined in that at home, I feel like that carries over when we travel. So I see a big difference too when I travel and I'm like, whoa, this has been fun for a week, but like I need my routines. Yep. Oh yeah. Same. So that's how are you? My life. I'm okay. Honestly, that's my honest answer. I yeah. am okay. If anyone knows me just personally, it's kind of been like a crazy season just for our family, for me personally. But I've obviously shared this a lot with you. I think I've been in a season for a long time, just being like really refined and specifically learning tons. I mean, not to like over-spiritualize it, but really is just a ton of like self-righteousness and pride in me in things like personally or professionally in just expectations of things. And so it's been really a good season, but very hard. I think 
quiet times and time with Jesus have been really sweet. And honestly, like I am just so thankful that I feel my heart and mind like craving that every day. And I genuinely feel such a difference when I'm not having that time. And so in that way, I feel really rejuvenated in just my like personal relationship with Jesus. And it feels really sweet to feel such like a closeness to learning about him and really like craving that time. But at the same time, kind of like what you were saying, even when you're going through a season of refinement, doesn't always feel easy or good. So I think in that way, I've been super thankful. Just my husband and I having really honest, but like clear conversations about like, hey, this is what I'm needing or really quickly coming back from like, hey, I shouldn't have spoke like that. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. I do not say that by any means to be like, yeah, we're perfect. We do it well. We for sure don't. So don't hear that, please. It's just been a sweet season where I think we're both really willing to say like, hey, we got to find tools and we need to be really vulnerable and just like what we're needing when we're needing it and leaning into Jesus like literally every moment of Mm -hmm. every day. And I think I'm like learning a lot about that. So I don't know. I mean, kids are great and it's a really fun season. We honestly have like really slowed down our life. I've talked about that here on the podcast. I think that's been a huge way that God has really shown me almost like even a pride and self-righteousness and even what people think of me and how fast I can run, really like relinquishing some of that in the ways that I used to carry a lot of pride in that of like, how do you do it all? I'm like, well, just watch me. It's Mm -hmm. perfect. And then I fall apart. And so I think I'm in kind of like my second, we work in semesters here in Columbia, Missouri, because like, you know, we just live in a college town. So I feel like it's like almost the second season or second six months that I'm really working on that. And it's been so sweet and good. Learning a lot about my margin in my mind for things that are good, purifying, edifying. You know, I like to like, I have a lot of interest, but also figuring out as a wife and a mom and an employee and a friend, how do I steward my like mental space? Well, honestly, it's what I've been learning a lot. And I think God's been sweet in saying like, hey, you're only going to feel rejuvenated and good when you get that time first with me. So yeah, that's good. It's kind of the season. I've seen so much growth in you. And like, I think we both in different ways, like tried to slow down. But yeah, I've seen you. It's like, even if we can run at a fast pace, there's just different sweet seasons. I'm sure like empty nester looks so different. But as we get these older kids where it's not just like, we've talked about it a lot together, this routine. Okay, sure. I can wipe butts all day and be a good mom for a baby or a toddler. But then I have these little humans and there's just this like protectiveness that I've felt recently of just guarding my soul spirit kind of. I know that sounds like weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like how much space does my soul have to care about these things? And it's like right now I want to really guard that for the people first closest to me. So like my kids and my husband And then there's not always a ton left over to invest in some of the ways in maybe it's relationships of people you're trying to get to know, or maybe it's like causes you care about or clubs or things you want to be a part of that like feel good and are all great things. There just has to be this like protectiveness sometimes over who needs you first. I've seen you grow a lot in that and I'm trying to too. Well, and I think it's even as you say that, I mean, we have lots of thoughts about that. We talk a lot about that personally, but even in the way that that's how we are personally convicted right now. And other people may be convicted other ways. I mean, we've recently had Jen Wilkin on the podcast and she mentioned, like, I think one thing I'm really excited about this generation about is meaning millennials, is that we chase our passions. And so I think like we are really good at figuring out like what we're passionate about. And in that way, I think God in his goodness is like, hey, you know, you're 
you're going to be really passionate about your family and your husband. Like we're called to that. But also I think there's certain times that we're convicted about those things. And we are saying like, no, I'm going to chase this. And then other people may be really passionate about their work or a cause or fighting something or whatever it may be. And I think that's cool when that God in his goodness and sweetness and gentleness can grace us with understanding, hey, I want you to dig here more or I want you to spend more time here. I want you to slow down. Yeah. And I think that's what you and I are learning. Well, and a lot of people, like if you don't have families, like that, that's a whole different thing for us. Like I do think if you have young kids, like there is this calling of like that comes first and what your attention goes to. And so it's hard though, I think, and I'm just not thinking this as you said it, if we are that culture that like has all these passions and dreams, going back to Addison Hawkins episode, I think then it's harder for maybe personalities like you and I, where we are used to having dinner with people multiple times a week to try to like host well in our home or get to know people or like extend ourselves or be mm-hmm. involved in a million things to pull back and say, actually, biblically and like what I'm feeling convicted over is to maybe just do more of these mundane things mm-hmm. that can be maybe even harder for our generation because beforehand it was like, you don't really have a choice. If you're a woman, like, I don't know. Yep. Not, you know, there were definitely being extraordinary in the ordinary. Putting yeah, in yeah. Addison Hawkins terms. And not to get like too weird, but I do think that it's a way to reflect the way that God designed families to function these days to put our kids in our family. Okay, I shouldn't say first in the way of like, I am so anti, like make your whole life about your kids if you know me at all. They're going to grow up. They're going to be their own people. They're going to go through hard things. How can we like get them to that point? But in the sense that it doesn't look super appealing to the outside world to just be like, no, I really want to serve my family. Like that's kind of counter countercultural. It's weird that we're like we're both going through that at the same time. Yeah. And in this way, almost just saying like, no, I'm okay living a small life. Like whatever that may look like, I may not be doing these big things that I always imagined or I don't even know. I mean, yeah, it's just all the thoughts. Have, yeah. Like I could talk for days about that topic. But. but we went to If Gathering and if you don't know what If Gathering is, Jenny Allen, who is an author, speaker, kind of teacher, I started doing her Bible studies back in college and she kind of would make video devotions type studies. And I remember like a few of my friends, we had this study that I just decided to leave like it wasn't associated with a student ministry or anything. And so many of those girls I'm still really close with. And we all grew a ton during that season. And so we've always like loved Jenny Allen. I love how she's always been so passionate. Again, it's always this don't want to like worship this person. But I think we can also really respect certain teachers that have either like personally just we've connected with or that we trust their wisdom. And in any time you hear a speaker, there's going to be things I hear that I'm like, great, I love that. And then there's other things that's like, okay, I don't have to take everything. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes that takes a little bit of a maturity in what your knowledge is. And that's like why we always say read your Bible so you can compare the two things. But we were excited to go to this conference because as adults, as moms, we're talking about all these things. Like we don't often get opportunities to go away and like worship and like retreat in that way. And so I know revival has been talked a lot about a lot right now with like the Asbury College revival and just like a lot of people kind of looking into that more. And I almost feel like it was a little mini revival spiritually for me because it was just fun to get to really devote two full days to worshiping and like hearing a lot of great teaching. Yeah. I mean, again, not to be like cheesy and kind of cliche in it, but I think it's always an awesome opportunity when you get to be surrounded by tons of other believers and learn and worship alongside those people, but then also hear from different types of teachers than you normally don't get to hear from. I mean, I go back to like, I'm for sure never going to like worship a human teacher here on earth, but I think it's really cool 
when you get to get to see someone like a Jenny Allen, or we'll talk about a lot of the other speakers we got to listen to, being really faithful with what God's called them to. It was an overwhelming sense the whole time we were there that I was like, wow, I'm just so humbled and honored that we get to hear Like, I'm just so thankful this person has been faithful in what God's called Mm -hmm. them to. And I'm so thankful that we're getting to hear this knowledge. And it was just really, really cool, super rejuvenating, really fun to worship in a sense. I mean, I work full time at our local church. And so for me, it's not always hard for me to separate like working and worshiping on a Sunday morning. Our team is like really specific about making sure to get to service. And we all tell, you know, each other when we're doing that so that we don't disrupt each other. So that's a huge priority, obviously. But in the back of my mind, as I'm managing teams and things, it's always like, okay, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So it was super freeing for me. Like I love worship. I definitely connect through God, through singing and mm-hmm. musical lyrics. And so it was just like super awesome just yeah. to be able to even worship in that space yeah. and feel really just like freed and open to do so. It was so fun. Yeah. It was awesome. Some of you might think this is weird, but we know that like the Holy Spirit is always with us, right? And then we also know like it says in scripture where two or more are gathered in my name, I'll be there. And like, we don't have to get into the nuances of all that. But the first night I wasn't standing by you. I think I was sitting by my mother-in-law and our friend Alex and We both like grabbed each other's hands because like as soon as the lights came on for worship, I truly felt the Holy Spirit there. Like I just felt this presence of like, wow, so many people in a world that we live in and we are in a bubble. I mean, I don't work anymore at our local church other than this podcast, but like a lot of our friends do and we're kind of in this bubble. But when you look outside the world, it can feel like, wow, there are no Christians left. There are no people our age that really want to follow Jesus anymore. And so to look around this room to see a lot of women generations older than us, we were probably Probably some of the younger ones there, which kind of surprised me. Mm -hmm. But it was so fun to get to like see all of these women who truly want to follow the Lord, whatever that looks like. They could come from a million different denominations, background stories, different relationships to their church and how it's hurt them or whatever has happened in their life. And then to all be sitting in that room worshiping was like really, really fun. And I think it was so awesome. We'll talk more about this. But one of the speakers we got to hear from was David Platt. He is a pastor and an author and a Bible teacher. I remember him. His whole little sermon was about just like, seek and you will find me. I mean, how many times in the Bible it talks about seeking him? And yeah, we're hearing tons about revival and all of these things happening across the nation. He's like, hey, you can go travel to these revivals if you want. But he was like, but the Holy Spirit's available to you like at any moment of every day. And we're told to seek and we will find him. And so it was just cool in those moments of like genuinely feeling the Spirit just like surrounding the room of feeling like, no, like we are crying out to you, God, like be present here with us empower us and like charge us with what you have that felt so real and it felt so awesome to be like yes we have urgency and we have importance to run a race that's really important and like literally saving people's lives and bringing them to a life of like flourishing and complete fulfillment and love and awesome like awesomeness and so it was just like this really cool experience to Mm -hmm. be in that and feel really just excited about moving forward in it yeah the whole theme of the weekend was psalm 23 which is i feel like even if you don't really know much about the bible it's like the lord is my shepherd which i'm now trying to memorize psalm 23 i've been like oh i want to kind of get back in i used to memorize a lot of scripture i want to get back into that also as we say some these speaker names if you're like i've never heard of any of these people that's also okay like they're just authors and speakers that were at the conference you could look them up i would like say any of their resources are great obviously you guys know we like the bible first show notes too so you can you know dig in yourself okay the first one was john mark comer we won't like go through all of them in detail but we'll just like mention a few that were important to us john mark comer He wrote Elimination of Hurry a few years ago. We like talked about it on our a couple of our episodes about like rest, hurry, all the things. 
he has really impacted my husband and I, specifically my husband, because he is just this like phone glued to him, just this like go get it. Him and Christian are really similar. And so we have why both she loves us. been working on the last few years of like slowing down exactly what Christian and I were just saying. And he really spoke to me because he talked about for us to really get the fullness of God, like we have to make ourselves avail- available for that. And in our world, I mean, we've said this a million times, we all know this, but it's almost like I feel like there are times that I don't give God the room or opportunity to speak or to comfort me or to bring me peace. It's only in sometimes frantic moments, even if I'm spending time with God daily by reading my Bible and praying it's still this like hurriedness of my soul that it's just craving something to like force it to slow down. So I go on vacation and it's like, wow, I'm so zonked. Like I just felt like for the first time I could breathe almost. And he really has so many cool practical ways of no, we can train our souls and our minds and our bodies to rest more than we run, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. He was, he's just an awesome speaker. I really think God is using him. And again, I was talking to with a different friend the other day about how like, yeah, because he is truly like laying a lot aside so that he can hear from God, spend time with him, grow in his relationship with him. And it's almost like we're getting to see the fruit of that through. I know his, Mm -hmm. I haven't read his new book, Live No Lies, but my husband is reading it and it's apparently great. And you can see the fruit of it in his life and in his teaching. Oh yeah. He's like an amazing teacher. And if you've never heard from him, Definitely check it out. We've talked about his books a lot. But even in the ways that like he lives a pretty like a really sacrificial life in that way, too. I mean, he's set aside. He's obviously like very talented writer and speaker. And he has chosen to like set aside being a pastor at his local church to like take a Sabbath of like a whole year sabbatical of him and his family. So it's pretty impressive in just the ways that they are really intentional that way. My husband and I established for like a whole year in I don't know, a few years ago now, we did a really intentional Sabbath with just me working on Sundays. We're like, what does this look like as a family? When are we setting our phones down? When are we literally resting? When are we spending no money? Our literally like minds and souls are at rest. And I loved, he started us out in Psalm 23 with verses one through three. And I just loved what he said, exactly what Samantha was saying in that, are we really inviting God who is all of these things for us into a life, like into our actual souls of like resting in him? Because if you read Psalm 23 verses one through three, all of the adjectives that God does for us, he refreshes, he restores, he lays down, we will not want, he renews, he gives rest and he guides us. Mm -hmm. And so like all of those things, I mean, I think even as I say those words, I'm like, gosh, don't we want to have all of those things and feel all of those things? And then I'm like, I have that mm-hmm. opportunity to. And so yeah. am I inviting him in? And so it was awesome. Yeah. He's really wise and it's really good to reflect on. Yeah, something. And then we can move on from him. I'm kind of like a John Mark Comer super fan these days because it's just like where I'm personally growing. But he talks about this in one of his books. I can't remember which one, but the rhythms of grace and without going into like exactly what that means. Even just thinking through Sabbath, silence and solitude, slowing, walking, community and gratitude. Like those things help us slow down our soul into this pace we're kind of talking about where you can actually experience God more. And it really is crazy. Like he even went through the science behind like walking and the way what that does for our mind, community gratitude. I've been like so big on that right now because I think being grateful just like shifts everything. He was great. We can we can move on because I could keep going. I took like a lot well, of yeah, funny story. I think I've shared this year, but just funny story. If you like are not have you if you've not read his book yet and you just need one more thing to convince you, literally, I mean again I run at a certain pace and I'm like kind of addicted to that pace for a long time. And in his book he talks about slowing down even in the minute details of like 
actually stopping at stop signs. You love to say this from because me, but, literally, yeah. I, it's like I think about it every time My I husband. stop at a stop sign because I'm like, if I'm the person driving and there's like no one at a four way stop, if I'm just like rushing through, like I break for like two seconds and I'm like, okay, keep going. I literally don't even allow myself to rest when driving because I'm like, oh, I'm running two minutes late. I mm-hmm. can shave two minutes mm-hmm. off, like just at a different pace. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like yep. I'm like, why am I trying to run at this crazy pace? And it was revolutionary for me. So apparently, yeah. I've shared it a lot. So. I do the thing. Sorry if you've heard that four times. No, you don't share it a lot. But I do the thing at a stop sign where I learned it in like driver's ed, like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Go. Yeah, that's me. Enneagram one. The next session. Don't talk about the Enneagram anymore. Okay. Okay. The next session. Jada Edwards. Jada Edwards. She's awesome. I don't know. Does she write books? We'll have to look that up. I don't know, but she's amazing. We've heard her speak before. I've heard her speak at like some different things. And then I did, you have you had been to an If Gathering before I had done like an online one, but she kind of covered the part of the verse of Psalm 23 of He Leads Me. And she talked about like sitting with He, the He in that. Really, He is the shepherd. This was a quote. She said, we're trying to follow paths of righteousness, but we are not following paths by the shepherd. That just, again, speaks to our generation, our culture. It yeah. was so good. I loved what she said. She said, he puts us on the path and he guides us on the mm-hmm. path. And so is your life aligned with being guided on the path? Like, yeah. Are you on the path and are you ready to be led? Yeah. And I loved it. She had this whole, obviously, it's the shepherd psalm. And so we're talking about a shepherd with his sheep. And so we're talking about just even like the aspects of a sheep. A sheep knows their shepherd's voice. It, like this is a real thing. If you go to a field and we would try to call or herd sheep, just like randomly, they would not know our voice and they would not do what we are asking them to do. But if a shepherd would do that, they call. I mean, like that, they have a parent-child relationship that they're like, no, I know my shepherd's voice and I'm going to follow his direction. And so she was asking like, as sheep, do we know our shepherd's voice? Do we listen to him? Do we know how to depict his voice? And so her points were, do I listen? Do I know him? And do I give space to know him? And I was like, oh, Yeah. So good. Just for time's sake, I'll like share one thing and then we'll kind of speed through some of the rest of these. But this quote was so good. If you're measuring self with the culture, you're measuring against the wrong thing, which like that was good. And then this one, when you think something is from God, but you don't have community, the spirit, his word guiding you, it's wrong. I think I like put that in my own words. But I loved that because I think we can really convince ourselves sometimes that we're doing the right thing and it's from God. But like, are we checking with other biblical people that see our life, our marriage, our family from an outside perspective? Are we like spending daily time in his word? Like, how do you know it's from God if you're not like doing those things? I loved it. Yeah. And her whole thing was like, he defines righteousness. Mm -hmm. Like he is the one who defines those things. So we can't be putting the measuring stick up to culture. Yeah. It was really good. David Platt was next. We kind of already mentioned him. There's not a lot to share with that just because he ended up like ditching his whole talk and just kind of like basically shared the gospel. It was amazing. And he had been, again, from the Asbury College, like his local church that he pastors had started a few nights of like they just started worshiping and this prayer night and it continued on. So like when he sat down to start his talk um, or came out on stage, like I was thinking to myself, like maybe this man has like a newborn or something. His eyes looked so bloodshot, (laughs) like he hadn't slept. And that's because literally until the day that he got on the flight to come to Dallas for the conference, he had been leading his church through this revival. So that was just like really cool. It was powerful. I don't know if you had anything else to say. I mean, it was amazing. I thought it was just so cool to watch. I mean, we'll talk more about what Jenny spoke, but just like feeling such an urgency and importance in why we share the gospel and how we're displaying that in our lives. I mean, he was exploding with excitement and just a vigor for wanting to share the gospel with people. And it was awesome to see. It was was really cool to be a part of. Sadie Robertson was next. She's so cute. I had not heard her speak live for a long time. Her little jumper romper was so cute. cute. She was really good. She's how pregnant? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't, 20, I mean, yeah, 30 I don't weeks know. pregnant. She just shared actually some just really personal stuff in her life. And her kind of whole just was like, my expectations of God are not always the promises of who God is. And she talked through, my circumstances don't need to change. My view of God needs to. And then she kind of went into like, but our view of God can't change if we don't know him. So she like listed out, I mean, there's like hundreds, thousands of characteristics of God, but she listed out some. And it was a good reminder to me of like, no, I want to know who God is, not who I threw out all my life, all my, the teaching I've heard, the people that have led me, the girls who have discipled me, my parents who have their own thoughts. It's like, I don't want that version of God to be who I worship, but I want the God of the Bible who is who he says he is to be the God that I follow and worship. That was good. Yeah. I think it was really interesting. We've talked a lot on this podcast about suffering and just the nearness and closeness to God you can feel through suffering. And I thought it was so cool. She listed a bunch of people after saying her part about like, my circumstances don't need to change, but my view of God needs to. I mean, when she went through the stories of David and Moses and Abraham and Noah and Joseph, like all these people in the Bible who had really rough goes, like really rough lives. I mean, if we were all living those lives, we'd be like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. I don't know if this is worth it. And all of these people followed God and listened to his voice and knew him and talk about a sheep and a shepherd. Like these people were sheep who knew their shepherd's voice. And so it was really awesome. And I think it was just like really cool to see her share that in like really personal ways. That was like really fun. I thought it made me think automatically, how do I talk to people or how, what do I tell myself when I'm suffering or when other people are suffering? Like, what do I tell them about the character of God that is true or not true? It was convicting to me of like, okay, no, what are the promises of God? And do I communicate those truly when I'm suffering or other people are suffering? Mm -hmm. Because her point was, my expectations are not God's promises. God's mm -hmm. promises are God's promises. So let's be clear of what those are. Okay, next was Bianca. How do you say her last name? Olaf. Olaf. Also, some of the speakers, too, like I didn't take notes on or we just listened. So we could be no. missing some people that spoke. Anyway, so I just thought I'd throw that out. She talked about like, are we empty and how our shepherd provides? And she's like a really good, I hate to say motivational because she is biblical, but like she's very like pump you up. Charismatic. Charismatic. Yeah. Very charismatic. Yeah. Super fun. Just like really spicy. She you know? was good. She, she comes good. out ready to go. I just thought it was so cool. I mean, she talked a lot through many of parts of the Psalm 23, but I loved a part she spoke about was like going from fearful to full, that he is mm -hmm. the shepherd who like fills us up. And so despite of like who we are or how we feel, that we are full. And so how do we live a life that resembles being full, not fearful? And I thought that was really, really good. She's super fun to listen to. Yeah, she's cute. She asked these four questions. What fear are you dealing with? Who do you have tension with? Who is a pest in your life? I can't remember what that was about. Was that like what's a like maybe who's hard for you in your life? I think it was like her questions of like, what do sheep need to rest? Oh, yeah, and yeah. So she was like, they oh. can't fear. Oh, yeah. They have no like drama. They can't have any like flies, ticks, pests, like that thing. And who is feeding you? And that was just good to, again, remember, like even that kind of related back to me in a weird way to John Mark Comer's of like, if you can't deal with some of those big things, like your soul isn't going to find rest. And so obviously saying that we all have external circumstances in life that are going to come about. But like, how can we still make our heart and mind be this place of rest? I don't you know, know what, what I think I love, actually, though, because what? Bianca and John Mark, I mean, totally different speakers, so like different. totally, totally different. And 
And I actually love that because I like also connected the yeah. two. I mean, the whole psalm is about resting, True. obviously. Yeah, they all had a but tone of that. I thought it was really cool because I thought the same thing. And I wrote something of like, oh, that reminds me of because she really fleshed out like to be a restful sheep. What do you actually need? So her and John's were actually really similar. And again, yeah. just like cool how God works intertwines those thoughts and perspectives. So the next was a guy, T.A. Do you know his full name? Timothy Atik. Okay, yes. And he is a teaching pastor at Watermark Church in Dallas, which is where the conference was held. That is where Jenny Allen and her family attend church. I also love her like she really stresses local church. And he was a great teaching pastor. Like you can definitely tell the difference between like he gets up and teaches God's word every Sunday. And like, I loved the style he taught in. I wrote a lot when he spoke I because too. I was just like, oh my gosh. Again, teacher, so good. pastor, they had their points. Yeah, you can easily so, take notes. Yes. And so it was really good. I thought he made great points that I think a lot of times as Christians, we feel like we're like doing something for God, that it's like our responsibility of like doing something for him. And he talked about the importance of like remembering that we already live in the victory mm-hmm of a resurrected king like he is not dead he is very much so alive and we can live out that victory and living out that victory so one of his quotes was like victory should be a normal reality of christians and so in that victory we have to choose like do we believe it that he's already won and then how can i live out from that and so he was talking about like we have god's sight that we can like see things and view people and situations as god would see them we have god's strength that we can put on the armor of god because we're, we are children of his we have his inheritance and so we have God's strength moving through these like situations and all of life. And then we have God's spread that how are we using how God's created us to really like be a voice and be kind of this person who is like really adamantly sharing the gospel with people. Mm -hmm. He said this thing, which I feel like I just, this is where I'm at in life. It says, the more you enjoy God, the more you are uncomfortable with your sin. We've talked about this idea before, the better understanding you gain of the gospel, the more you see your need for the gospel. And it's so true. Like even with some of the things I'm revealing, it's like, wow, I think I've like dealt with some things in my life. And then God uncovers this whole other layer that's like totally impacting everything about my life Mm -hmm. and who I am. So Mm -hmm. I liked that. Yeah. He used this whole thing and I want to use this at some point. So we'll share. But like he was just like, you know what, if you need, if you are craving like vengeance, control, love or feeling enough or approval, he gave like all these verses to satisfy that because he's Mm -hmm. again, we live in this victory. He ended by saying, like, Jesus can't satisfy you. Nothing else will. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That is good. Okay, so then next was Jenny Allen. Jenny which Allen. Which I was actually surprised this was the only time she spoke. I mean, she obviously, like, emceed some of it. Mm-hmm. But last time she spoke, like, two or three times. Really? Yeah, I really liked her. She, so she was so passionate. I mean, obviously, always is. She grew this big conference out of that passion. But she just talked really, really heavily on this urgency that we have And interestingly enough, I feel like that is something even in the Christian sphere, we are not living in a way just like T.A. talked about. We're not living in this victory that God has already given us, that he's already defeated sin, defeated Mm -hmm. evil, that we also forget sometimes that like we're living in an urgency of like Christ is going to return and we can be so set on trying to share who God is through the love we share to people or give to people the way that we like bring them into life and just kind of this like slower, let me show you who God is over years and years. But sometimes I think we forget, no, like I need to be telling people about God and what Mm -hmm. he's doing in my life and be more bold about that. I can be so like, okay, well, like I believe this. And like, if you don't, it's totally fine. And Mm -hmm. like, tell me what you believe. But sometimes I think I need to be bolder about like, hey, you're telling me that you're empty. And I hear you saying that you're searching for this. Like, 
that is Jesus. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer for that. I know that sounds mm-hmm. so cliche, but like that's what we believe. No, it was convicting for me because I'm like, I. it convicted me to be like, I need to be more prayerful of how God wants me to move through discipleship because mm-hmm. I think so often, yeah, if you are really comfortable or really good at discipling someone one certain way, probably the low and slow, like let's build a relationship over time and do that, then like maybe you need to be more prayerful to be like, hey God, like where do I need to step up? Where do mm-hmm. I need to be bold? Where do I need to grow in courage to say like, this is going to be out there and this is going to feel wild, but I want to share this with you. And so I think it was convicting for me of like, gosh, I need to be more prayerful of that because I think obviously both ways can work. There's a yeah. lot of ways we can't even put God in a box of how he can work. And so I think there's like validity to both ways or always of like discipleship in that. But I think it was really cool to see like, no, we have a job to do. And are we like doing that boldly and courageously? Yeah. And I mean, there's so many parts of her talk that we could kind of like share about, but two things that have really stuck with me. And I've actually been trying to pray through these two questions every single day. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could even do some like episodes on this, asking God, like, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? They seem like such simple questions, but how often are we going our way through certain Bible studies and going through our quiet times and like reading and we're just not ever asking God, like, God, what do you want me to know right now? Like, what do you want me to learn in this season? I'm trying to like pick apart everything and hear what you're telling me. It's like, will you lead me in that? And then like, what do you want me to be doing? Do you want me to be doing this podcast? Do you want me to be meeting with this girl? Do you want me? Is there someone else that you want to like put on my heart to start pouring into and to like meet with I don't know so many facets yeah, that could be like a whole other episode yes. and I, we want to bring you more on that because I yeah. think it's been so good and it really was like oh I want to be a community that asks each other that like I literally was sitting there I mean we were sitting there with some close people and I was like gosh I want to be a person who can like come and turn to Samantha and say hey like what do you feel like God wants you to know right now what do you think God wants you to do right now Because I'm like, don't we want to be people who are that attuned and abiding so closely with Jesus that we're like, this is what I can ask him every day. And I'm going to move forward in, again, like trusting that he is faithful and that he will follow through with what as like we're being faithful. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just thought it was like a really cool picture. I loved, we've said multiple times, she had a lot of urgency and excitement and just like, I would almost describe it as like a giddiness for the gospel and just sharing it. And so one thing that she kept saying even as we're talking through like Psalm 23 and resting, she was talking about this urgency and she kept saying like, I want to be the giddy girl, like the giddy kid in the front when heaven comes. And she's like, don't you want to be just like totally wiped out and worn out and the giddy girl that's just like jumping in the front, like mm-hmm. so excited and energized by the gospel and the freedom of what we have in Christ. And I was like, that's such an awesome picture because yeah. she would talk to a lot about being a kid. Yeah. And I was like, that's really good. Okay. Also, we mentioned a couple of times the gospel. And if you don't know what that is, that is basically the whole point of like why we follow Jesus, that God sent his son to earth to reconcile so that we as people could have a relationship with him, could know him as a father and to spend eternity with him, which a lot of times in my life, that was kind of the bigger pull of like, don't you want to like know Jesus in heaven after you die? And don't you want to have that hope? But even more so now in my life, I recognize, no, I want to be able to have the gospel and because I want to be able to live in a daily relationship relationship with Jesus and see how he wants to like use me while I am on earth and just commune with him daily. So that's what the gospel is. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross to save us from our sins and reconcile that 
So I don't know if you've never heard that. That's what it is. And you like accept to believe that. And that's how you start a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you'd ever want to talk more about that or even just hear more about that, we would love to chat with you. So yeah, please reach out. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I actually don't know if I've ever like heard the gospel or accepted Jesus as like my personal Lord and Savior to say like, I lay down everything in my life to follow you. So anyways, just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. Moving on. Love it. <laughs> um, so then we had a couple, Onika and Earl McCullen. McCullen. Yeah, I didn't write down their name, but they were cute. They were a little couple up there yeah. speaking. And I didn't write a lot about them because I just listened more. They like were telling some cool stories. But one thing I did like that they said, they also referenced like Genesis twenty eight sixteen. But they said it's possible to miss all the ways God is moving and working when we are not in tune with the Holy Spirit. Again, like everyone's talk because we were going over the same scripture pulls out the same thing but it's like yeah you can really be doing all the things but really be missing the holy spirit yeah and the whole thing of like was the in tune i actually thought their demo was really good which i love a good demo you know those are kind of like old school now or like a an example so they pulled out this old school radio an example yeah an example like a demonstration that's what i'm like a demo Um, they call pastors call them like like using a everyone's um, shouting it's such a clear word yep using a not parable. Okay, it'll come to me. It'll come. Keep, it'll come. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, they use like an old school radio, which if you don't know what that is, because you're so young, you know, an analogy. No, is, that's not the word we're looking keep for. Going. They pulled out a radio and literally they like tuned it, and until they pulled like the antenna antenna all the way up, and even they like pointed it sideways, and it like wasn't working. And finally, when they pointed it like north, like totally straight, pointing up, then it was in tune and mm-hmm. playing music. And so it was just really cool, like a good demonstration. If our signal's not pointed to Jesus, then like we're not going to be in tune with what he has for us. And I love they out of the verses they pulled the whole part of surely the goodness, mercy, and love of God will be with me. I just love their kind of description and kind of they just like flushed out this idea of like surely. Like the way you say surely is like, well, surely, no, mm-hmm. no question. Like I'm not even gonna question, of course it is. That's what we're saying when we're saying surely. So like we can move forward and walking out faithfully because surely his goodness and love and mercy are with me all of my days which was really really cool yeah and it was fun to watch a husband and wife like preach together yeah they were cute okay christine kane was the last one which i feel like she's always kind of last fire yeah i've seen her at like passion before a few weeks ago when we had our interview actually i don't know when that interview is going to come out but you'll either hear you've already heard it or you'll hear it in the future but chandler hatchet she shared about a sex trafficking story a really like horrific story. But um, Christine Kane's whole like mission is she has the this minister around the world that is like saving women and children from sex slavery. And so that's kind of like her background. But she is like a talk about charismatic. She's like super charismatic, always gives you She's like from chills. Australia. Yeah. And so she has this like awesome accent that you're almost like, I think it's actually really cool because it pulls me in that it much more. I'm like, in, okay, yeah. I got to really focus because it's just different than what I hear every day. Yeah. So I mean, she had so many good things to say. Yeah. Okay, I loved that she said this, like, faith is not a personality trait, it's a requirement as a Christian. And she was kind of giving that in context of like, Mm. sometimes we're like, that person's so faithful, or like, it's easy for you to be faithful. And it's like, no, like, that's not like a thing you can add on or like, get better at. It's like a requirement for following Jesus. Like you have to believe in who he is Mm -hmm. to even start a faith journey at all. Yeah, I did love that. She was like, faith is not an Enneagram type. Faith is not a personality type, but faith is a Christian type. It's people who follow Christ and want to build followers of him. She talked a lot about just how do we walk in faith? 
She said, walking in faith is not in step with this cultural moment. Walking in faith is in confidence and courage of what Christ has already done. So although we're finite, he is infinite. Although we're limited, he's limitless. And although we're flawed, he's flawless. And therefore, we can walk out in confidence and courage. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, she talked about how our culture is like programmed to stay safe. It's always kind of like, okay, like, but that's not comfortable for me or like that wouldn't be best for me and like all the things and how actually through scripture, she like listed out references were called out of our comfort zone. And that was just encouraging. So I don't know, as you can hear, like all of these speakers are just such a kind of like a battery charge for my my Mm -hmm. own walk with Christ of like, I'm doing all these things, but it's always fun to be reminded of like how powerful scripture is, especially hearing it taught on from that many different speakers and styles and backgrounds. And it was fun. And we got to go with some of our best friends and like just get to enjoy Dallas and do all the fun things. And that's just rejuvenating in general. Yeah. And obviously like a huge privilege that we get to get away and do that. But like if you ever get that opportunity, even if it's just for an afternoon, a I, local women's conference at your church. Yes. I just felt super connected, like Samantha saying, rejuvenated and just thankful for the time time to totally say mm-hmm. like, no, God, like use this as you want. And we spent a lot of time in reflection and confession and prayer together. And it was just super awesome to say like, no, this is dedicated just time. Just our group Lord. of friends, not the whole conference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, no, this is your time, Lord, to do with it what you have. And I just think when you give him the time again, you seek and he will find you and he will meet you there. And so it was just really, really cool. We're excited to bring you some things that we're going to continue learning and God's teaching us. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.